as we come to the passage this morning, um, one of the things that pops into my mind is <clears throat> the seriousness of walking with God. Um, it's not a casual thing. It's not one of the things I do in my life. It's not like, you know, I, I golf on Monday. I'm part of this club on, on Wednesday. I, I have this job that I go to as little as I have to. And, uh, I, and then if I can fit it in, I'll be a part of his people. I'll be with his church. I realize that we live in a country club community. Uh, we do. Uh, and I don't just say that for Bear Valley. Uh, Tehachapi in itself is a country club community. People move up here to get away, to do their own thing, to be about what they want to be about. And uh, <clears throat> I want to tell you, if it's good to live in Tehachapi. I love it here. I, I moved away and I moved back, okay? So I know there's other places to live, and this is a great place. But I, but I want to tell you that uh, to walk with Christ, to be his child, is much more significant than just when it fits in. And it, it should wreck your schedule. It should be inconvenient. The thing that is on your schedule and on your walking with him should be in a Sharpie marker on your schedule. You know what a Sharpie marker is, right? It's the one you don't allow your kids to have. Uh, you shouldn't allow your kids to have. They'll become taggers, you know, uh, uh, vandals. Um, uh, th- this, to walk with Christ should be the most important. And, and to be with his people is something we should push and shove to get to. I, I'm not looking for attendance. Like God's not impressed with your attendance record. But where your, where your heart is, is where your body will follow, right? Um, it will all be connected. Um, this morning I share that with you because the passage we're looking at, you can turn there in Matthew chapter 13, is a, is a passage of the seriousness or the success of God's message, his kingdom. And I read this week that, um, a group of uh, militants in Africa that have taken on the ISIS method and they're just looking to exterminate Christians. That's their method. That's, that's the way they want to fight war is just to kill Christians. And for us who live in uh, a country club community, um, we look at that and we go, oh, that's awful. That's awful. But it really doesn't affect the way we live. It really isn't something that we're fearful of. Some of you are better fearing than other people. And you start making up stuff that you're convinced. Um, you know, you, every every conspiracy theory you're thinking is happening. And you're afraid of everything. But for the most of us, we, we go, no big deal. And so our faith is no big deal. And so walking with Christ is no big deal. And this morning, as we look to God's word in Matthew chapter 13, uh, we see a couple of parables that Jesus shared. And he shared for the very reason to encourage his disciples that success would be with him. Success would be following after him. It would be being a part of his kingdom and following him as king. 
If you would, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you, starting at verse 31, going down through verse 35. God's word says this, He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, and that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter uh, what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. God, I ask your blessing on our time. I ask that you would stir our hearts uh, to chase after you, to hunger for you. God, I, I pray that you do a work in us, even as we talked about growing from the inside through your word with the children. I pray that happens with us, the oldest of ones here to the youngest. And God, do your work in your church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So Jesus is teaching in parables. Uh, the idea of parable is a story, an illustration, where Jesus is laying it alongside of life for them. He is giving them an illustration to teach a message. Um, we will come to the purpose of parables at the end of our time. But he uses this, uh, this setup for his story. It's like, it, it, it's like a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed. Um, He says in verse 31, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. Just a single grain. Very small. Very small. In fact, it says um, it's the smallest. It's the smallest. That this mustard seed is taken and planted. This one single small seed is planted. Uh, Forgive me, but... I just need, this is the boring stuff, okay? Uh, if you go to college, or if you have been to college, um, professors, really smart people, really smart people say, see, the Bible is not true. We have figured out that there's smaller seeds than the mustard seed. And so the Bible is wrong. The Bible is wrong. And they'll talk about that in the implications of the seed as well. Well, um, if, if they think the Bible is wrong based on that statement, uh, they're dumb. They're dumb. Uh, forgive me for saying it that way, but I just didn't want to say they were stupid, okay? Uh, but that's uh, it, dumb. That's dumb. Uh, so uh, who's the, who, what's the worst baseball team? Go ahead, tell me. Angels. It's actually, it, it depends which league you're in, right? If you're in the American League East, it's the Yankees. They're in last place. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, and the Red Sox are in first place, by the way. Anyways, but um, that, is that true? Are the, are the Yankees the worst team? Well, it depends what you're talking about, right? They've won the most World Series of any baseball team. In fact, 
Uh, I know they're not the worst baseball team. You know why? Because I was out at the Little League field last night, okay? (laughs) And there were some horrible teams out there. My son played on one. Uh, uh, And they won, and they won, (laughs) crazy enough. Do you see what I'm saying here? It It depends what context you're talking about. And for someone to say, well, Jesus told it. By the way, he was making up this story, all right? And for them to push and say, well, we found another seed that's much smaller than that. That's ridiculous. It's foolishness trying to discount the Word of God. And the Word of God should be judging them, not the other way around. And so uh, as Jesus shares... Okay, we'll get back to this in a moment. Let's get back to what Jesus had to say. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. This is all part of the the farmer passages, right? Uh, This is one of them. And he sees a field and he takes this single small seed and he plants it. He he, he plants it and and it's super insignificant. In fact, the picture here is this, is if you take all the the garden seeds of Palestine, you put them all out and you can imagine, some of you do this at home where you say, well, here are my carrot seeds, here are my this seeds, and here's my lettuce, and here's my uh, cucumbers and uh, tomatoes. And you get all the seeds out there. And he, he says, and here's my single mustard seed. They're, they're all side by side. And he sees them all and he sees, boy, this one's really small, insignificant. And amongst the other garden seeds, it's very small. It's, it's insignificant. It's not something that you'd go, wow, I, I know how that's going to turn out. He takes that grain, that smallest of the garden seeds, and he plants it. Uh, in verse 32, it says, the smallest of the seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree. And you say, well, you know, once again, your college professors... Uh, that know so much they oh you know mustards are more of a bush mustard is more of a bush and you know it doesn't grow to be that tall see the bible is wrong well i would say see you, you need to consider history in palestine and what grows there because there's a different kind of mustard there that grows to 12 to 15 feet tall uh it's just a different variety don't you understand that professor are, are you uneducated? Oh, I love saying that. I love saying that. Are you uneducated? You must not understand. <laughs> um, but 12 to 15 feet. So you get this picture, this one small seed growing up to be, you, you can, some of you have seen um, sunflowers this tall, right? They're 12 to 15 feet high. It's amazing. And you can imagine this mustard plant bush tree going all the way up 12 to 15 feet. And these birds coming by and they're just looking for a place. It pictures this. It pictures, it shows us this. So the birds of the air come and make their nests in the branches. What a picture, right? He goes back and he he connects this very small seed to this place now where the birds are making their homes. They're, They're finding refuge. They're nesting there. The picture here is Jesus is talking, and what are the fears of his disciples? They're a very small group of people at this time. The whole world has not turned on its ear because Jesus has shown up at this time. Nothing significant has happened. In fact, uh, 
He has just spoken the parable of the sower. And, and he said, you know, if you just took percentages, there were four different soils. He says 75% of the, the soil is going to reject this. They're not going to listen. Most people will not listen. And so there's got to be a fear in the disciples that they're like, so am I going to be on the losing team here? Is this not going to last? Is this not lasting? Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like this mustard seed. It starts out small and insignificant. And yet it grows to be much larger. Even so, the idea that birds would find nests, the idea that it would be a blessing to not even ones who seek it. You see this throughout history. It's not that Christians have been right in all that they have done in the name of the Lord. But societies and countries and people who had nothing to do with God, though they took and became close to his kingdom people, guess what happened? Blessing came to them. I think often today, as we look at our our world, sometimes we're more American than we are Christian. And I'm not talking about uh, our, our nation. I'm talking about us. We're so concerned with uh, the freedoms and the freedom of speech and that we, we shouldn't push anything that we forget that Jesus is good for them. Jesus is good for all people. It's not something where, uh, you know, some people Jesus is good for and he's good for me, but I, he probably won't be good for you. So I'm not going to share. no. The idea that we would interact with Christ, that we would have the saving knowledge, that we'd be a part of his kingdom is good for everyone. And apart from which, I want to tell you, there is no success and our pathetic lives become more so. And our our life ends up in a mess and in eternity without Jesus. Uh, I want to I make this clear that the, the disciples were wondering of the success of this kingdom and he says, it will start out small, but it will come to be a blessing for all those who will be come in contact with it. Like a mustard seed, like a mustard seed. Uh, the second parable in these couple right here is in verse 33. He tells them again, he says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. He, uh, he pictures this as yeast or uh, the idea of this leavening dough. It's probably not the yeast right now. Uh, for the most part, we cook with these little packets of yeast. And they're like pop rocks or something. I don't know what's in there, but it, it does its stuff, right? Uh, but it, it, he's picturing in Palestine this time where you, you'd take a, a lump of, of dough and you'd save it for the next batch. And it would just continue to go on. In fact, uh, a Jewish uh, a Jewish girl, one of the gifts she would get at her, her wedding day, this is, a, this is an amazing thing, I, I found it fascinating, is that her, her mother would give her uh, a lump of the family dough. And that that would continue on really throughout her whole life as this family bread that would be baked. That's That's incredible, right? What a gift. It would just go on. 
And so uh, Jesus takes this picture and he says, uh, this handful, if you will, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like this leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour. The idea of three measures of flour would be like a bushel. Pretty good sized batch of bread, by the way, right? Uh, but it wasn't something, you know, this is the way they would bake. It was a, a staple in their food. Uh, the thing that they'd eat all the time, probably with everything. And so he pictures this woman having this clump of dough and taking it in this batch of flour, this bushel, and shoving it in and hiding it in the middle. And Jesus says that his kingdom is like this. It's once again, it's it's almost the exact picture of the the mustard seed and the the tree of mustard. He he says something small can be something great. Can you imagine? And it's hard for us to to picture this because most of us don't break bake bread like this. This small clump of dough that it would go on and on and on from week to week, from batch to batch. And this idea that it would come and affect this great group and then again and again and again. This is the picture that Jesus lays before them. By the way, why, why do you use yeast or why do you have leavened bread? Because it tastes better. It tastes better, especially if you use white flour, okay? Sorry, I, for those of you health conscious here, I, I just tastes better, and you can't deny it either. Uh, leavened bread, it is, it's this idea that it makes delicious, it makes it tasty, it makes it uh, better. He, he says this, that he, he pictures it, he hide, she hides it inside. You get this picture, he says, my kingdom is something in the midst of that which hasn't been impacted. It's in there, it gets in there, it's hidden, it's not something on the outside, it's not covered, it's something that's on the inside and it grows out. You don't see it happening, but you see its effects. I also know that um, this takes time, this takes time. If you've baked like this, uh, you know, most of us bake by going to the grocery store um, and buying bread. Uh, uh, that's our doing. But if you bake like this, you realize that it takes time. It's not something you can just throw it in and continue moving and, and shove it in the oven. That it takes time. It rises over time. It's a fermenting process. And you look at this and and you say, he's connecting this to his kingdom. My kingdom takes time. It affects over time. It's interesting that many times in the scripture, uh, Jesus talks about the leaven, the leaven and this process of impacting or, or fermenting over time. And many times it's negative. Many times it's negative. You can look over at Luke chapter 12, verse 1, and the Pharisees, uh, they have a leaven that they ruin and pollute over time, that, that their leaven or leavening, as they place it, it as they impact the, the culture around them, guess what? It's bad. It's bad. It's wicked. You could look over at 1 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 6. 
And you see that in the Corinthian church, one of the most immoral, uh, the same picture, right, uh, of this idea of leaven, of moral uh, filth infiltrating and, and causing bad things to happen around them in the church. I want to tell you that uh, wrong teaching, wrong teaching or poor authority impacts badly. But so does moral filth. Moral filth, it, it penetrates and it, it, it spreads over time. But Jesus uses this. He uses this picture of his kingdom being like leaven. That his kingdom would be positive, have positive impact forever. Forever. I want to tell you that if you're not walking with Christ today, guess what? You're on the losing team. You're on the losing team and it's not going to get better. You want success to come to your life. It will not come. It will be failure and frustration. Jesus calls you to be a part of his kingdom with him being the king. Not you. Not you. That's at the core of what's wrong. Is that we think we can be king or queen and we like it. But I want to tell you, you're going to mess everything up in your life. You will not be successful. Jesus uh, shares this and he, he explains. If you come down to look in God's word to verse 34, he says again about prophecy and parables, prophecy and parables. And throughout the book of Matthew, he's constantly saying, connecting to prophecy. I talked about this before. This is all part of the plan. Okay? As as Jesus is going about his earthly ministry, he's connecting it to what was already written and known in the Old Testament. And here he does it again. If you look down at God's word, he says, all these things... It says, Matthew's recording this, all these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. Get this, that now Jesus has changed. We talked about this in the weeks prior. He's changed from being clear message, just saying it, to speaking in parables or in stories. And even as we struggle right now, they would have said, what does that mean? You know, in fact, we have times and places where the disciples are all, explain that last one to me. Show me how that works. Um, Jesus, now we, we know he, he speaks exclusively in parables. It's not that he didn't say anything uh, that wasn't in a parable, but that was his primary teaching method. Uh, it's, uh, this is a quote, actually, from Psalm 78. It says, give ear... Uh, give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. He says this and he explains this, that this is the way he's doing it in verse 35. He's fulfilling what the, was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. You look at this, and when you hear prophecy, when you hear prophecy, um, there should be a couple of things that come to your mind. The first one is that the plan of God is marching forward. 
sometimes we look at, at history and we see chance things happening. We say, oh, um, you know, this one guy showed up at this one time and if he wouldn't have showed up there, this wouldn't have happened and then this wouldn't have happened and all by chance this happened and wow, that was weird. Um, that's not how things happen. And in fact, in the book of Matthew, it's clear to record that, that the Father had a plan. Foundation of the world. This isn't something that came on in the time of Jesus even. The, the, the foundation of the world, that the plan of God is marching forward. And all this is part of the plan that as Jesus would now speak about um, parables, he would speak in parables about that which is hidden from the foundation. And what is it? It's that we should follow Jesus. It's that we should follow him. That he's calling people to, to himself. And, and you ask the question, well, why the parables? Why so vague? Because many, many will reject many. And he says, as I lay this out, as I stick my hand out to you, if you slap my hand, you will get no more. I'm always ready to take you in. But if you reject me, there's no other. As Jesus spoke to them in parables, uh, this was all according to the plan. We had read earlier in the book of Matthew, He said this, he said, seeing you don't see, hearing you don't hear. I've extended to you the message, but you chose not to see it. You chose not to hear it. I have three things for you, landing points this morning. uh, Encouragements as we tie up this passage. The first one is this. They can't kill the message of Jesus. When you watch the news and you even see graphic pictures of the killing of Christians, remember this, remember this one thing. They cannot kill the message of Jesus. The message of Christ, the establishing of His church, it's growing in in lands greater than the United States of America. You can go to every country in the world, and there's a church established there. There's believers that are meeting in China, uh, one of the biggest closed uh, countries in the world, the church is growing. Why? Because the gospel, because his kingdom is marching on. It's something that's going to go ahead w- without, uh, it's a plan of God prevailing. And so, yeah, they can kill Christians. That can happen. But it will not eradicate the message of Christ. Jesus knew that uh, it would start out insignificant, but it would grow by his own plan. Second thing I want to encourage you about landing points for this morning. uh, It's a message of transformation and growth. Uh, You you get this picture of small to great. It's It's a message of change and a message of growth or expansion. And that's true on a global basis. That it, this is what happens to communities and churches as the gospel is preached and as his name is lifted up. This is what happens. But it also happens individually in you. The gospel is not a message. It's not a message for your kids. Okay? It's not a message for your wife. You know, she's kind of shaky. I, my, your, your wife needs the gospel. 
It's not a message for your wife. It's a message for you. For you. And it's not meant for you just to know it. It's meant to change you and to grow you into someone you couldn't even dream of. Because this is what Jesus does. This is what his kingdom is all about, of change, of transformation, of growth in you. And the last thing I just want to say is, are you hearing? Are you hearing? Are you seeing? Or are you pushing this away? You say, you know, I'm coming every week, but I'm pushing this stuff away. I'm not letting this stuff enter into my heart. You say, yeah, I show up every once in a while. I came because, you know, a family member told me I should. Uh, doing my dude. I, I want to tell you, if that's your relationship with Christ, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Seeing, you, you, you don't see. And hearing, you, you hear it, but you, you don't hear. It hasn't penetrated your heart. Please join with me in prayer. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who in your plan, uh, he spoke to us. He cared for us. He willingly came and died. Uh, God, I ask that you do your work in us now. Ask that you would grow your church, uh, not just numerically, but that it, it would infect us. It would impact us. The work would go on just like that leaven. God, we're grateful that you are in control of all this. This is your work in us. Uh, We're thankful that you are patiently working in us, that we are unfit. And God, thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.